What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here. And week two is almost in the books. We are recording this at halftime of the Monday night game, uh, which the fucking Lions um, are are leading the Packers by three points. So, um, you know, if anything crazy happens there, we'll, we'll update as we go. But uh, in this episode, we're going to recap the games, uh, the 15 games that have happened so far. We won't touch on every game, but just kind of give you... Uh, the main highlights of what's gone down. Uh, Toaster, I think, makes sense to start with Thursday. Uh, Washington football team hosting the New York Giants. Uh, Washington football team wins 30-29. to 29, But uh, what stood out to you uh, about that game? Because I, I think there was actually a lot. That was a f- great game, actually, for a yeah. Thursday night with two NFC East teams. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to have a parlay killer um, immediately, so that way you don't have to have any anticipation or stress going into the weekend. Yeah, uh, the it. biggest thing for me was that this is only the fourth time in 28 games that Daniel Jones has not had a turnover, and that's what we're banking on with Daniel Jones is that there's going to be a fumble, there's going to be a negative play, yep. there's going to be him falling over a piece of grass at the 18-yard line, and he no, almost he ran did that, for, by the way. He ran for 95 yards. Like uh, he that was a good game for the Giants. Um, the best result for the Giants, in my opinion, is that it was a loss and that they can still move on from Daniel Jones. But it was it was a surprise for it to be this close. Yeah. Uh first of all, I, I do want to say he almost did fall. I don't know if you saw that, uh, the run that he was running kind of up the left sideline. He was starting, the legs were getting a little heavy for him. And I thought we were going to get part two of that, but uh, he, he held his feet. We only have to do the 40 at the combine. I didn't think I needed to run this far. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, um, I very surprised at, at how Daniel Jones has looked. Um, you know, I tweeted, uh, I think right after the game that good Daniel Jones is going to get bad Daniel Jones paid and Giants fans are going to hate that. Um, I still kind of feel that way. But to this point, Daniel Jones is uh, the second highest rated passer on pro football focus through these two weeks so far, which is a little crazy. He's behind Tom Brady, um, but he's 44 of 69. So that's oh, nice. Uh, essentially a 64% cross quarterback. Percent. Oh, no. Tom Brady's cross quarterback. Okay. Yeah, but 516 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He does have two turnover-worthy plays, um, but he's also had six drops. And, you know, he's he's looked really good, and he gave them a legitimate chance in that game. Um, but ultimately, Washington football team pulls it out, and Taylor Heineke looked good. He went from hero to go to hero in a span of like a minute, but I thought he looked good. Right. He had a lot. He got bailed out a lot, in my opinion. I, I think that uh, listeners of this podcast, uh, consistent listeners of this podcast will know that I am very critical of quarterbacks. He was high and behind very consistently. And ultimately, they were completions. But those are the turnover turnover worthy plays that PFF's not going to ultimately grade but very dangerous throws to go high and behind because those are the ones that get tipped up. Uh, but he ultimately did enough to win the game. I think the other surprise to me was the lack of pass rush for two weeks in a row from very, I mean, from the Washington football team 
as well as from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just not getting pressure on the quarterback because if Daniel Jones was being pressured, this game's completely different in my opinion. Yeah, that very highly rated uh, front seven, especially that that pass rush group, that front four for uh, Washington football team has not gotten the pressure that people were expecting. But going back to Taylor Heineke for a second, I, I understand what you're saying. You're looking at it holistically. I'm looking at it from an expectation standpoint. What are we expecting from Taylor Heineke? I mean, this is a guy that was in school last year around this time, like getting, you know, going back and getting his degree. And I thought, I thought that they were student athletes and they were getting their degrees when they were in college. No. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, they, they don't go to play school, although maybe he went to old dominion. I think those people probably go to play school. I would think, but (laughs) regardless, not um, with the NILs anymore. (laughs) Right. But expectations wise, right? Um, I he's a he's a very limited quarterback, right? He's right. he's a good, not great athlete. He's got a pretty below average arm. Um, I, I think he he does a decent job getting it out there it, with a clean pocket. But in general, it's like if he's throwing off platform, uh, there's there's not a lot of zip on that ball. But all things considered, you know, I I was pleased with his performance. Washington should be pleased with his performance. I think that will be enough for them to stay afloat until Ryan Fitzpatrick gets back. And then maybe even gets you a full blown quarterback competition, which I know you preseason were sort of saying you thought would happen. Anyway, I guess that's true. I never considered the Ryan Fitzmagic being extended into the second half of the year, because usually it's the first, you know, four to six games of the season. And the fact that he doesn't have that, maybe he comes back for the Fitzmagic for the playoff push instead of uh, wasting all of his Pokemon powers at the, at the early end of the season. But Heineke is able to extend the play. And I think that that's what we're seeing is a consistent theme in the NFL right now is the ability to move around in the pocket and extend the play is this differentiation between good quarterback play and exciting quarterback play. If we want to move on to Kyler Murray. Yeah, so uh, just one last note on this game um, for the record for our primetime parlay. Each of us took Washington at minus three and a half. Obviously, only one by one, so parlay gets boomed um, first first game. But regardless, we'll move forward. So yeah, um, <laughs> moving on to the Cardinals and Vikings. Um, We'll we'll show the, the ending of that game here in a minute because we've got a great clip queued up. But um, Kyler Murray balled out once again. He absolutely did. I mean, you you look at his numbers, right? And he was what twenty nine of thirty six for four hundred yards, three touchdowns. He also had uh, thirty one rushing yards and a touchdown. But twenty nine thirty six only had five incompletions though, and that's the biggest thing for me with MVP versus exciting play. Those two interceptions were drive killers and absolutely could have changed the outcome of the game, just like they his interception have. last week. Yeah, I, I mean, frankly, they should have changed the outcome of the game. Um, and again, taking nothing away from how special Kyler is, he is he's fucking special, man. I mean, he's such an electric athlete, but we're we're seeing the same shit from him, you know, we're. And it's it's working out in their favor, but 
It's Kyler scrambling around, running backwards, even on that amazing throw that he made to Christian Kirk on that uh, that fourth down play where they, they had a zero blitz. He backpedaled yeah. 15 yards and just back foot. RIP in peace, but that was a Kobe fadeaway shot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. And it worked out, but that doesn't always work out. And when you fall back on that, it's it's a recipe for disaster long term. And, and, and that's all we're trying to stay there. But and that, that's it, my struggle is that, that we're taking plays right now that are positive and not attributing the low percentage of success rate to them. And, and something yeah. like the Kirk pass is going to catch up with them with time. The first touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, he was facing fucking backwards. He did a three fucking 60. And I don't mean like a spin move. He was like, I don't know which way to run right now. I've lost my bearings on where I am on the field. Oh, shoot. This this way. And then DeAndre Hopkins is open seven and a half yards of separation in the end zone. Yeah. Again, not taking anything away from him. That's a hell of a pass to still make after all of that. Yep. But very few guys can get, make that play to not get ass rammed while you're facing backwards is a very rare NFL feat. And all it takes is getting behind the sticks, these negative potential plays to catch yeah. up with them. And they won on a missed extra point, essentially. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll show that here. Um Minnesota gets the ball. Kirk. Okay. I I'm going to give a shout out to Kirk cousins here. I actually think he outplayed Kyler Murray in this game. Kirk was 22 of 32 for 244 yards. He threw three touchdowns. He threw uh, no interceptions and he had two rushes for 35 yards and Kirk puts them in a position to win the game. And this happens. High snap put down Joseph. Come on. It's good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right. He missed it right. Oh, my heavens. This is the Vikings radio call, by the way. Mr. Wright. What a gut punch to a team. That was after missing an extra point earlier in the in the game as well. Yeah, which Um, ended up being the difference, right? Yeah. uh, But no, to your point. Kicking woes continue. Cousins is five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 595 yards, 48 yards rushing. If you look at his stats versus Murray's stats, they're they're not that far off. Murray has three turnovers, which is separating him from Cousins by three turnovers. Like mm-hmm. Cousins mm-hmm. had them in the game each time, whereas Murray was potentially losing the game. Um, the Rondell Moore. 77 yard pass was that on murray for buying time or he was flat-footed when he caught the ball because he was that damn wide open and it just goes back to the the hail murray to me where how that pf um next gen stats is grading that as a 16.9 percent completion percentage that must be all on deandre hopkins fucking hands yeah. that's insane because everything you throw at deandre hopkins has a 30 percent chance yeah caught at least yeah (laughs) but i mean it's again just looking at the differential between success and not and the margin of error is very low in this and i think the cardinals experienced that at the end of last year when they went on that what two and five game losing skid skid yeah well and and that to me is we're what uh, not to diminish what kyler's doing he's absolutely 
as of this point in the MVP conversation. And the Cardinals are 2-0, which, you know, they're one of three teams in their division that's 2-0. That's that's great for them. But it, I feel like we're setting ourselves up here for a similar situation as last year, where the Cardinals fall off at the end of the year. And, you know, we're forgetting that a game like this happens, like a for sure loss, you know, like nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, you lose this game. And we're going to be like, well, you know, they were nine and eight and, you know, we were on the cusp and it's like, okay, well you had the, the hail Murray and you know what I mean? Like those things that went in your favor that you wouldn't bank on necessarily. So it's, I'm not necessarily buying the Cardinals yet, um, especially within that division and especially with, and maybe this is a, a good transition to the next game, but the, the Seahawks being one and one uh, you know, I, I don't think the Cardinals are better than the Seahawks today. Uh, I'll just but I'll the say the Cardinals that. beat the Titans and the Seahawks didn't. It mu- they must be better. Like the transitive property, the yeah. Panthers beat the Saints. The Saints beat the Packers. The Panthers are the cream of the crop in the NFC. No, uh, what I do want to say out of all of this because I know we'll get some pushback on this is that two and zero is two and zero. Victories are victories. Yeah. And that's Bank the difference them. between the, you know, parlay and betting and against the spread versus where any team is at. You cannot take that victory away from them at this point. And they're two and zero. they're tied for first or third, depending on how you want to look at it in mm-hmm. the NFC West. It, it is a real thing. I just think that it ultimately catches up with them. Yeah, I, I agree, especially once they start playing division games, it's going to be tough. Uh, but yeah, two and is two and It's hard to win in the NFL, and they're two and So you know, you take that and you move forward. Yeah. Uh, um, one more thing. I mean, he had a fucking what, 35, 40 yard completion that was tipped twice by the defense into. I think a, three times. Yeah. yeah uh, the, uh, uh, the tight ends' hands, who he wasn't even targeting. So like these, yep. this is where our pushback comes from. Is just that we saw it with the Bucks. The first week, as far as losing the spread, we saw it with the Chiefs this week, as far as losing straight up, that turnovers are what change the game. And Mm -hmm. by putting yourself at risk for that, this is where the Kyler Murray MVP discussions kind of kind of lose me. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent on that. Um, all right, moving on to another NFC West team, the team that's in last in the NFC West now, the Seahawks and the Titans. Seahawks hosted the Titans in this one. Um, Tennessee ends up winning 33-30 to 30, um, on a field goal in overtime. Um, before we get into, I guess, that element of it, uh, I just want to make a point about fucking Russell Wilson here. Russ Russ is cooking with like a fucking blowtorch right now. I mean, he had three completions that were over 25 air yards, including one that was nearly 50. I mean, he was throwing fucking moon balls. Uh, When Russ is playing like this, the Seahawks are damn near impossible to beat. I mean, Derrick Henry popped off in the the the, later part of this game. Yeah. He had 35 yards rushing in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> he had, and I know the defense is going to be the Seahawks issue all year, but Derrick Henry had 182 yards, 160 of which were after contact. <laughs> he 
he's a freak of nature, dude. They they did not want to tackle him at the end of that game. But this is also just such a classic Seahawks game. They're they're winning the entirety of the first, you know, 75% of it. And you're like, all right, they're going to cruise to an easy victory. And then weird shit happens. And somehow it ends up getting tight at the end. Russ wasn't able to bail them out. They lose. Um, this was kind of a wild game to watch. Uh, and I'd be very interested to see the win probability chart for this one. Because uh, it probably swung real hard late. But um, any any additional thoughts on the Seahawks and Titans there? No, I think that this is a classic example of I, I don't think the best team won. I think this is right. coaches not sticking to their game plan. And that's been a, a craw in, in my mouth for a long time is that be aggressive. Do what got you to be up by 14 points. And when you start taking the ball out of your best playmaker's hands to try to to squeeze out the clock i understand conceptually where it's going but john harbaugh showed that you know analytics are beyond where traditional nfl play is at this point right you don't need to be conservative once you're in scoring position absolutely take some time off the clock but if you're punting it back and not and not moving the needle then Mm -hmm. let's be aggressive and get you where what got you up by 14 points right yeah and you can you can move the clock and not just hand the ball off you know three times in a row you you can you can use the entirety of your play clock you can run especially with russell wilson you can get a lot of quick game going if you need to i mean there's there's no reason to get overly conservative here and yeah, I mean, that's, that's Pete Carroll though. Right. And, yeah. and that's exactly what we're talking about with, with Russ and the shit that pisses him off. And I know Shane Waldron's calling the plays, but Pete Carroll obviously is still going to have influence there. And this, this reeked of Pete at the end of this game, um, obviously, you know, we have no way of knowing necessarily, but well, that, that was the contacts are, but yeah, no, I mean, but to have, Derrick Henry get 35 rushing attempts when you're up by 14 in yeah. the fourth quarter. That yeah. just to me says you you done fucked as a coaching staff because you done fucked. Yeah. The, yes, he's their most dynamic player, but he needs so much to help him get going. He's not a short yardage back. They pulled him out in short yardage because he needs that three, four yards to get momentum and get going because he's so damn big. And like, I just, uh, this, this was probably the worst loss of the week for me. I I think it was too. And especially when in overtime, they, they hold off the Titans. They have the ability to go down and score and they just like shit the bed and had to give the ball back to Tennessee. And it was, it was game over. And they even got safety in the end zone. Like, yeah, they, they got bailed out even on that play. Russell uh, backs it up into the end zone and, or he's backing up, trying to get away from pressure, doesn't throw the ball away. And they've thankfully called him down at the one, which was such a gift. That was such a gift call by the, by the officials. And yeah, it, they still ended up losing. I mean, um, 
Well, yeah, I, that was, I know we got a lot a to cover. One. I think we need to move on to the rookie QBs because if we even if we just spend like a minute on each of Wilson's interceptions, we might be over an hour podcast at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. Okay, well let's let's transition there first because we had two rookie QBs in that game, and that was um, a very interesting uh, case study, I guess, in in these two guys. But um, Patriots demolished the Jets. I mean, shocker, Bill Belichick just like sacrificed. Was that Bill Zach Belichick? Wilson. Was that just Zach Wilson? The, none of his interceptions were under pressure. There wasn't disguises. It wasn't anything. No. It was yeah. just him trying to make plays that you do when you're scared, quite frankly. That when you yeah. think you need to come back, you you take chances that are unnecessary. No, you're right. I mean, he threw a couple balls that were egregious, like nowhere close um, or right into triple coverage. It gets tipped up and, you know, Patriots pick it off. So four interceptions for Zach Wilson. Um, I, you gave a pretty good stat. You sent one over to me earlier. I I'll let you pull it up if you want, but um, I saw this one as well. Rookie QBs in the last five years to have a game with four interceptions, four sacks and no touchdowns. Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. <laughs> so, uh, and, and you have well, one better. There was here. one. Yeah. There's one in the last 20 years, I believe with uh, four interceptions, no top touchdowns. five picks, top five, top, picks. Yeah. top five picks. So, um, something the Patriots haven't had to deal with. No, uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. <laughs> and then I believe who was the fifth. Was it, is from like 2005. I can't remember who the fourth no, one was, but it was basically either. it was basically a Jets QB is the only one set up for this. And we yeah. called out the exorcism of San Darnold in week one against mm -hmm. the Jets. And Darnold had four interceptions in that game. He was seeing ghosts like this is just so quid pro quo that it's been three Jets quarterbacks that have had this issue. And Jets Arnold, can a jet, man. Arnold pop passed it on to freaking Zach Wilson, and he looked goddamn terrible. I uh, apologies for the language. Uh, but what I do appreciate is that he took it on the chin. He's like, the fans should have been booing me. I was awful, right? I've actually been pleasantly surprised in in hearing him talk. He he doesn't seem too overwhelmed with the the media market, but he looked absolutely overwhelmed in that game. Um, Jets gonna jet, you know, we're just gonna, uh, flag that segment. We haven't had an opportunity necessarily to do it quite yet, uh, this season, but, uh, that was, that was about as bad as it gets, honestly. Um, and, on, and, I, no, I mean, and I want to say it's, it's bad, but the passes were just so terrible, like to the point where you didn't know who he was throwing to. I, I, I mean, I do know who he was throwing to like on that fourth interception that i called basically punk coverage to patrick uh mccordy i yeah. told you i think that he would have called for a fair catch if he was an actual punt returner because he was so confused as to what happened on that play he they're th he's throwing off his back foot he's unbalanced mm -hmm. this is the this is the madden syndrome hitting these young quarterbacks and it's freaking prevalent on everybody except for mac jones quite frankly 
Well, yeah, we can we can get to Mac. Um, I'll say one last thing about Zach Wilson. He did, per Next Gen Stats, have the highest velocity throw uh, of the season so far. He threw he threw a ball What's almost that? sixty miles an hour. Was that? I don't know which, which one it was. Which yeah, who did he, which Patriot did he complete that pass to? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, okay, Mac Jones. Um, Mac Jones played well. On. Yeah. Played well. Uh, they obviously did what they needed to do to win this game. I mean, the Patriots ran the piss out of the ball. Um, that's obviously going to be their formula, right? Mac Jones' average depth of target was 4.6 this week. It's 5.7 overall. That puts them really close to the bottom of the league. Um, how many how many balls beyond 10 yards did he throw in this game? Like, I, I can recall maybe one or two. So he's it wasn't much, but I think this is Josh McDaniels holding the offense back, quite frankly. And this was my frustration with Cam Newton last year is the 20, 20 plus yard deep balls was not where Cam was struggling. It was in that interim range from behind the line of scrimmage to 10 to 15 yards upfield that mm -hmm. he couldn't he couldn't hit. So be right. aggressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. And. I, I understand like the this particular game plan probably didn't call for being overly aggressive. Yeah, there's no need for it. Yeah, especially with once the game started and Zach Wilson started giving them the ball. But I mean, it I still I, I, I haven't been impressed with Mac Jones. Like his his stat lines will look good compared to what we've seen from the other rookies so far, but I don't necessarily know if he's like playing leaps and bounds better than them. He's just playing very conservatively. Exactly. And he's, yeah. he's, he's doing what he's being asked to do and maybe long-term for him and, and not just long-term years from now, but within the season as well, that's the right thing. And who am I to question Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels? But I, I just haven't been super impressed with Mac Jones quite yet. He's, no, he's making the layups. He's doing what he's being asked to. And my struggle with this offense has been that doing what you're asked to is a hundred percent execution and your error rate is so small. And that's what happened to them last week against the dolphins is we yeah. said we were going to run this game plan. It is going to get us a victory, but Damian Harris fumbles in the last two minutes and all of a sudden it's a loss. Right. Like right. It, it, it is a recipe for success, but it's not explosive. It's not what we see from Justin Fields and why he should ultimately be the quarterback, in my opinion, because that third and nine that he ran on won the mm -hmm. damn game. Yeah, he did some things that could have lost the game in the meantime. I'm not going to lie, but that dynamic ability to secure the victory is why mm -hmm. Justin Fields should be the starter from here on out. Yeah, so um, we'll get to that game in in one second. But to that point about the Patriots offense, yeah, I mean, that's what the NFL is nowadays, right? It's it's explosive plays. And you see it in the way that defensive coordinators, the good defensive coordinators are forcing offenses to do things. They're saying, you know what? You want to run the ball? Fucking run the ball. We'll give you a light box. You want to you hit five yards a run? Go ahead. You want to dink and dunk your way down the field? Go ahead, because more often than not, if you're going to force somebody to do that to go 80 yards and score, you're either going to have a mistake, whether that's a penalty, whether that's a turnover, 
or like it's going to take you a have very to execute perfect. You have to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. you have. This to be was perfect. exactly my issue with Zach Wilson in the preseason. Was like if we if you take Corey Davis away, what happens? And apparently, it's four interceptions and no touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, let's get to the Bears game, Bears and Bengals. Um, I I do want to throw out a QB headline or sorry, a headline for this game. Um, you ready for this one? You might want to write it down. Okay. Uh, QB one is QB done. Okay. What do you think? How many stars? Mm, he's Dalton's been captain of the bears for one year. So, for, okay. One star for one game for one yeah. game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So getting into this, I mean, game, to be fair, I mean, in fairness to you, all of the bears, roster decisions throw flow through their social media team so pitch it because <laughs> Nagy was not willing to commit or just decommit from Andy Dalton and like well, what 10 yeah. minutes later they they come out and say okay Andy Dalton's our starter if he's healthy well okay uh, let's let's get to the game first and then I've got <laughs> thoughts there but um okay so for anyone that didn't watch uh Andy Dalton uh, gets hurt early in this game and uh, with an apparent lower leg injury um, knee. It, it Initially they were calling it an ankle on the broadcast. It looked like it was probably an Achilles from what I saw, but uh, you know, could have been a knee as well. Uh, it was on a scramble, his second pretty nice scramble actually um, yeah. of that drive. And Justin Fields take over, takes over, plays the rest of the game. Um, the bears, don't score an offensive touchdown with Justin Fields in the game. They still hang on to win 20 to 17. Um, couple things that stood out for me here. Okay. So uh, you mentioned Justin Fields had made plays that um, put them in a position to potentially lose that interception that he threw that he a hundred percent got fooled on. He thought they were playing cover zero. They dropped the linebacker late right into his throwing lane. Th that shit's going to happen right? Rookie quarterbacks, that shit's going to happen. Um, that wasn't him throwing it into triple coverage. That wasn't him. You know, it, it, it was him not having seen that before. And he got, he got got on it. It happens. Mm -hmm. Um, he also had two false starts on a drive, uh, which I've never seen a quarterback get a false start before, but he was expecting the ball to get there sort of flinched back to get into his drop and the center didn't snap the ball. He got called for false starts twice. And then know, he had, I've heard that Deshaun Watson came early a couple times. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, back to the bears and Justin Fields. Um, he, he also fumbled uh, on a sack, but made a really nice play to keep the ball, um, which really saved them late in the game. But you look at his stat line um it, it wasn't great. He was six of 13. I think he had 91 yards. He threw that one interception. Um, he had 30 rushing yards, but his passer rating was 27.7. He also threw a fucking dime to Allen Robinson that he dropped in the end zone. It was a 35 yard pass. That play alone, Allen Robinson catches that ball. His pass rating goes from 27.7 to 71. Um, for me, all things considered, he looked like he looked like a 
a rare talent that just needs experience, right? He had the highest big time throw rate of the week. He had the fourth highest depth of target. Um, you mentioned that 10 yard run on third and nine, not many quarterbacks are making that play. Uh, he had the absolute dime to a Rob. He had a walk in rushing touchdown. If six, seven, two sixty Jimmy Graham just gets in the way of a cornerback. Um, but he also, like I said, had the fumble. He got fooled on that interception. He had those two false starts all in all. I think it's really hard to not be excited about what's moving, what's going to happen now. I mean, it's funny. This, these things all have kind of a way of working themselves out, right? Like Dalton was either going to play like shit and fields was going to play at some point, or the bears were going to be bad and they were going to make the transition. Or unfortunately for Andy, he gets hurt. And now the transition happens. But this is why I said he needed to start from week one because he needed to see the shit. So yeah. the Rams are going to show you fucking what most of the league has to offer because you've got Sam Darnold or sorry, um, Aaron Darnold, Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Up every time. Yep. And Jalen Ramsey. And then you get what you would hope to be a gimme with the Bengals. But they've yeah. got it goes Rams, Bengals. Browns, Lions, who are now perennial contenders. They're only down four to the Green Bay Packers. And then Raiders, um, who actually... Raiders are 2-0. and Packers, yeah. Bucks, 49ers, Steelers. Like, when... And then Ravens. Right. When is he supposed to learn if you're going to throw him in? So you might yeah. as well have just got it over with and say, this is our QB of the future. Let's... Mm -hmm. We're not going to break him. This He's not mm -hmm. getting booze like Zach Wilson was for four interceptions because he's going to make enough plays to keep the hope alive, right? I, right? I don't think that there's anything that he did or will do to just say, this is a terrible trade-up to pick yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, he's he's too polished of a passer. I And I think that maybe got lost in a lot of the, the criticism of him as a prospect. We're talking about one of the most polished passing prospects that's come out in a very long time. And... On top of it, he's just a fucking brick shit house that runs a four four. And he's um, never lost a, a regular season game, right? Versus Trevor Lawrence, who's lost two regular season games now. Uh, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, going back to like what, a couple of the mistakes there, the the false starts that occurred. How much of that too is him not getting to work with the first team offense, not getting to work with Sam Mustafer and those guys. The, there being a discrepancy in the cadence call of Justin, uh, obviously he was a little too amped up as well um, as Aaron Jones just runs in and now makes this his third touchdown. Yeah. Makes this a 10 point game. Um, Ooh, getting so, spicy for who's going on four. getting spicy here with our picks for sure. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it's just the way Nagy's handled this whole thing was, was poor. And then you, um, you sort of mentioned it. But today, um, more or less what we know is Andy Dalton has a bone bruise in his knee. And Matt Nagy was asked, um, you know, if, if Andy's healthy, who plays? His response was, uh, that's a scheme question, and I'm not going to answer that. To which, thankfully, uh, yeah, thankfully, uh, Brad Biggs, um, I don't know if he asked the initial question or just the follow-up, but followed with, um, no, that's a personnel question. And Matt Nagy doubled down and said, no, it's scheme. I, I'm not going to answer that. 
to which now I think um, that's the new like, sorry, I'm not going to answer that. That's HIPAA. I'm just going to say that everything's scheme. <laughs> no, that's that's fucking fantastic because um, a lot a lot of teams are um, scheming for their backup quarterback at this point. Yeah. Didn't they even take a fucking single snap. And we're saying that it's a scheme question whether or not right. Andy Dalton's starting. Like, right. even if he wasn't starting, then you're saying the scheme is to bring him in after Fields takes a couple snaps. It, it, right. Gosh, that doesn't make it sense. makes no sense. And then after his press conference ended, Bears PR put out a statement for Matt Nagy saying that if Andy Dalton's healthy, he's the starter. Uh, what we know is Andy Dalton's not healthy and um, pro football it's a, doc. It's a scheme, though. It's yeah, it's a scheme thing. But uh, pro football doc. Uh, said with the bone bruise, he's going to be out at least two to three weeks. And it's the kind of thing where it's not like it's a, a torn ligament or something where it's like, okay, if you can deal with the pain, mm-hmm. you know, you can be out there. It's not going to get worse. Th- this is something that could get worse. It could lead to a worse injury for him. So they're not going to play him until he's healthy. So it's fields his team until mid October. And at that point, I don't care how bad he's playing. It's already happened. It's I, happened. You I cannot you at the time. I was like, and that's Andy Dalton's career as a starter because he's yeah. not going to get another opportunity. Yeah. Except for the fact that he actually looked good uh, despite uh, once yeah. again, a very low average depth of target, but he actually looked good in this game until he got hurt. So he can, he can go out saying to the next team that wants to sign him, Hey, uh, the last game I played, I had an 80 PFF grade and, uh, you know, just saying can't, can't lose your job to injury. Right. Yeah. No, I, it sucks, um, that there's so much information that we need to gloss over. Um, but you know, if you said fields was six of 13 burrow was three of something or other. So he threw his almost half as many completions, to the bears as, uh, Justin Fields did. <laughs> um, but I think that. Great. We need to get into what is Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars doing? Are you okay? Well, I'll say from my standpoint, I'm still not concerned about Trevor. Um, I know he has five interceptions in two games now. How much of this is Urban Meyer, though? A thousand percent. This is fucking insane. They had 25 pass yards and two interceptions in the second half. Their only offense in the second half was a fucking kickoff return touchdown. They look absolutely dreadful. And uh, Urban Meyer, man, just go to USC. Shit. (laughs) Seriously. Just honestly, do it for Trevor. Like, if nothing else, do it for Trevor. Um I'm still not, like I said, I'm still not concerned about Trevor. He's too fucking good. Um, Unless he starts getting beat to shit, then you maybe start to worry a little bit and you develop some bad habits. I think he's still like all of these guys figuring things out as he goes. He played a really good Broncos defense yesterday and they're going to make a lot of people look bad and they're going to pick a lot of people off. Um, I don't think this is anything to be alarmed about. I mean, that touchdown throw to Marvin Jones was pretty legit. Yeah, but but my thing is that that's in the that's when they schemed the first fifteen plays of the game. They didn't do anything between the first drive and the rest of the game. Jared Goff just fumbled a snap. 
by the way, the Packers have it. <laughs> Peyton Manning's got to surrender Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> but this no, Peyton but Eli no, broadcast, by the way. But I'm great. just I'm just saying, you know, this is the first 15 games of the or first 15 plays of the game are typically schemed and sweet. Yeah. They scored a touchdown. They didn't do shit on offense after that. I mean, there were two mm-hmm. missed field goals, but two interceptions they were behind they were behind after that i mean they were up seven to nothing seven to three for a while and could not get the ball moved and that's just on the coaching staff not on trevor lawrence to me there i mean maybe you want to give credit for a couple drops but it just looks awful i'm yeah it really does um and what this is a 17 game losing streak for the fucking jacksonville jaguars Oh my God, it is. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking, so I'm looking at this here, Trevor Lawrence stat line. He was 14 of 33. That's, that's an ouch. Uh, 118 yards, 118 yards. Um, one touchdown, two interceptions. He had, looks like three turnover worthy plays. Um, two sacks. Yeah, and again, this is when tough. I, at halftime, what was it? It was was it seven to three at half, fourteen mm. three at half. Yeah, I I think I think it was seven to three, but I don't have the box score in front of me. And to get twenty five passing yards out of that, I think they only had like fifty nine yards or something like that of total offense in the second half. That's oh, sorry, not... no, it was it was ten to seven, ten to seven, Denver at half. 10 to 7 Denver at half, and yeah. you get less than 100 yards of total offense. Um, I guess technically punt returns are included in total offense. So uh, omitting it that, is. yeah, the, they didn't they didn't move the ball at all. And yeah. this is 100% on Urban, that coaching staff, maybe Doyle, who got fired because he was a racist right away, was the key to this, this Urban Meyer revelation but no yeah this needs to end this is terrible you are yeah. destroying it i know con absolutely was in love with urban meyer but these are the things where you cut bait sooner rather than labor late later this is the josh rosen and just say mm-hmm. guess what we tried it didn't work and let's not fuck up our future with trevor lawrence because we're still hanging on to the past in urban meyer yeah, and it's not like Urban Meyer. It'd be one thing if Urban Meyer had a a track record at the NFL level, right? He absolutely he doesn't. So what are we? We're clinging to his ability to figure out how to coach in the NFL at a high level. I'm just not buying it. Um, it's and completely yeah. different. It's completely different scenario when you can motivate people by threatening them with playing time and shit versus something where they're multi-millionaires and you're like no i'm not gonna listen to your shit no i'm mm-hmm. not running wind sprints right now like this isn't <laughs> this is not you are not above me i make more right. than you do and <laughs> right. it's completely and maybe the nil agreements in college football change this too but that's what made urban meyer successful was great recruiting and the mm-hmm. ability to get whatever he wanted out of him because he says i can recruit somebody to replace you you can't do that in the nfl you get seven draft picks a year yeah well some people do um yeah so 
I don't think we want to keep hammering on Urban here. I, I don't. It, it, it's it is what it is. I, I hope it gets figured out for Trevor's sake. But in that game as well, I just want to flip it. Teddy Bridgewater looked fucking great again. Um, Teddy was twenty six of thirty four for three hundred twenty eight yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Teddy's got the he's currently second in the NFL in air yards per attempt behind only Russell Wilson. So check down Teddy is is airing it out a little bit. And the Broncos are kind of excited without Jerry Judy. Um, mm-hmm. I I picked Teddy Bridgewater as my surprise QB of the year when we were doing our QB rankings back in the preseason. You did. He wins the quarterback competition and pops off because there's so much talent in that offense. And Javante to me took over for Melvin Gordon this year. They are yeah. this week. They had the same amount of um, carries, but double the yards for Williams. For Javante. It's yeah. yeah, it's and that defense. I mean, we, we gave shit for both the Panthers and the Broncos passing on Justin Fields, but Fields, Sertan and Horn all had an interception this game. <laughs> there you go i like it i like it um yeah i mean the broncos are look teddy's not the long-term answer i don't think anyway um but for what they have right now it's working who am i to say otherwise and they're are they sitting at the top of that division now? Yeah, they're two uh, tied the with the Raiders. Tied yeah. with the Raiders. Yeah, sitting at the top of that division. So, um, you know, and the you... the Chiefs and Chargers play next week. So it's not like there's they don't stand a chance of losing the crown, even if they lose. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, they look good, man. Um, you know, you play who's in front of you. I, I guess to some degree, like caveat of them beating the Jags by only 10, uh, despite everything that we said that happened um, with Jacksonville in this game. But um, I'm liking where the Broncos are right now. Uh, obviously, the same thing with the Cardinals. You take wins as long as you can get them. You know, if you're a game up on the Chiefs right now, you are going to take that all day, every day, even if we're only two games in. So I guarantee you the Cardinals are going to take a win versus the Jags next week if that happens to them because a loss to the Jags sucks just as bad as a loss to the Chiefs. It does. Yeah, it counts the same in the record book, right? Um, all right. I the next game I want to go to here, um (laughs) only because of uh some of the insane like stats uh surrounding it, but uh the Bucks and the Falcons. Um the Bucks win this one, you know, handily. I don't, I don't think anybody really expected it to be, uh, much of a challenge for Tampa, but 48 to 25 is the final, um, Matt Ryan, just, he probably never wants to see Tom Brady ever again in his life. Uh, something about when those guys meet up, but Tom Brady in this game goes 24 of 36 for 276 yards and five touchdowns. five touchdowns um tom brady has the most touchdowns through the first two games of a season ever in his career he's now 14 touchdowns away from having thrown more touchdowns in his 40s than he did in his 20s and i want to give a hat tip to uh bill zimmerman on twitter for that one he pointed that out 
and that's eight years versus four, four. years and a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I know you want to sort of use that to sort of speak to the, the difference in eras, right? It's you not really... that I want to speak to the difference of eras. It's just that we need to put everything within perspective. Like the 20 years ago, it was a different game. So yeah. Patrick Mahomes coming in and throwing 50 touchdowns, I don't want to take anything away from him, but that doesn't put him automatically in the record books for saying, oh gosh, most touchdown passes of all time, because guess what? Tom Brady didn't need to do that to win three Super Bowls in the 2000s. It's just a different game today, but it's awesome to me to utilize Tom Brady as an era benchmark because he's now into his third. Yeah. No, he, he really is. I mean, it is wild what he's doing. Uh, the Bucks offense, it, you know, they're a fucking juggernaut. And uh, oof, I'm I'm not feeling great right now about my Packers will beat the Bucks uh, and represent <laughs> the NFC in the Super Bowl pick. Um, but on the flip side of that, Matt Ryan, uh, he throws two and six. Field? Oh, shit, no. <laughs> They don't have Justin Fields. That's right. Forgot. <laughs> yeah. Matt Ryan throws two pick sixes. It, you know, to that point, though, Kyle Pitts did make some some nasty plays in this game. But you're going to regret not drafting Justin Fields, I think. Um, oof, boy. Or Mac Jones. I mean, we don't. Or just Mac Jones, honestly. Somebody yeah. take, a, take a shot, right? Yep. And I mean, we even joked about Josh Rosen being the error incumbent to matt ryan but he went for over oh, two at the end of the game like this was <laughs> the biggest takeaway for me for the falcons offense was we gave them shit for spending three million dollars on Cordell patterson and he had two touchdowns was yeah is that the most offensive touchdowns he's had in a fucking season yeah uh freaking fantasy pickup of the week right there uh he's gonna be he's gonna be snatched up i'm sure yeah um man it's just, I feel, I, I almost feel bad, right? Like Matt Ryan is, is one of the better quarterbacks of this era. Um, they have talent on that team. They are in a really, really bad spot right now. I mean, probably, are they in the worst position moving forward in the entire NFL, do you think? You mean between what their roster is right now and what their salary cap situation will and, be next yeah, year? Yeah, and what they'll be able to add. Yeah, they they are because they didn't choose to move on from Matt Ryan. And yeah. the I'm not gonna say the Texans are in the same boat, but it's a uh, get Texans have flexibility of, though. But get but I'm where I was going was get rid of the assets while you can. And right. Matt Ryan after this year is not going to be an asset. If you go and I mean they were what four and twelve last year. This year, they're not looking great for more than five wins if you want to be generous. So, yeah. you're, well, I mean, can you imagine flipping a $40 million quarterback for a seventh round draft pick to the Miami Dolphins because they lose out on the Watson sweepstakes? Like, it, it's they just these are the things where you need to recognize where your personnel is at the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett. Even Ryan Mallett, these have all been trade assets for the yeah. for the Patriots when right. they were moving on. And they had they had one year of a gap where they had a 2015 MVP quarterback as their quarterback. 
yeah, it didn't work out. They were still seven and nine, but then they get 15th overall draft pick in Mac Jones. You get Mac Jones. Probably, probably a quarterback for, I mean, I would hope for them the next 15 years. I mean, I guess hope for me, but you know, if it doesn't work yeah. out, they, they, they saw the writing on the wall. They were constantly willing to take a little bit away from Tom Brady to make sure that the future was successful. I think that that did rub Tom Brady the wrong way. And the, the Falcons did the exact opposite. Yeah. And they, they almost, yeah, you're right. They did the exact opposite, right? They, they doubled down and utilized Matt Ryan's contract to give them space and pushed more and, money into the future. And I think that they needed to do that in fairness to them. I think that they needed, they had to restructure Matt Ryan's contract to basically make this season viable from a, Sutter cap standpoint, but that doesn't mean that they can't have Justin Fields sitting on the bench, just like the Bears have Justin Fields sitting on the bench. Um, but we, we don't need to go into any more of that than Matt Ryan looked old as fuck on the sidelines, and damn, does Ben Roethlisberger look old as fuck. I don't even know that we need to talk about that game, but he, I know you called that it was past his prime. They were bringing him back Drew Brees style, and mm -hmm. he did not, his arm just is not there anymore. No, it's gone. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say about that game is, um, Matt, first of all, David Carr, uh, sorry, Derek Carr, uh, is playing at an absolute MVP level right now. He looks great. Um, he was 28 of 37 in this game for 383 yards and two touchdowns. He looked awesome. Uh, he threw a fucking bomb. Uh, is, is Vegas... Like, are you buying their 2-0 start as obviously not AFC West winners, but as them being actually competent and a, somewhat of a threat in in the AFC? What sucks for me is that I actually I did my like initial records, um, like projections, and I actually did have them beating the Steelers at the time. Um, had them losing to the Ravens, which uh, we still wish would have happened. But I, I don't think that they're ultimately going to be able to close it out because I don't trust that coaching staff. I don't trust that offensive line. I've always trusted Derek Carr. He's been a baller for the past, this year included, three seasons. Yeah. He's had great stats. They just don't put themselves in a position to win. And with uh, Josh Jacobs on the sideline right now, I, I don't see it being sustainable long-term. Yeah, uh, I agree. And a lot of that is just my lack of faith in, in the roster, the, the way it's constructed. Um, you know, I think the defense is surprised a little bit uh, these first two weeks, but I, I'm not necessarily buying them on that side of the ball and their offensive line has looked okay. And I'm not buying that either. So um, I, I think as, as the season goes on, you know, you'll see them get, Oh, Jesus Christ, Jared Goff. <laughs> He's, he just, he, in his drop back, he had one of those where he pulled the ball back to throw and just lost it behind him. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that game is, this game is getting out of hand now. Green Bay is up 35 to 17. So, oh, wow. Uh, there wasn't even contact on that. It just like, no. he's just like, and oh, right. That I don't want this anymore. Skin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a vegan. I don't like bacon. So I get this get away from me. Yeah. And that um, was the yeah. Paul Varian Foster's career. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> it's all veganism. Yeah. But uh, no, I, don't I, do I, it agree. I mean, I've got, I've, 
when we were looking at who, like the, who is Murray competing with for MVP right now, Carr has a hundred and twenty more passing yards than the next closest person, and he's beaten the Steelers and the Ravens. Those are yeah. far greater, pretty impressive, than what Murray's gone up against. So, um, yeah. in I mean Stafford's five TDs, one interception. Brady nine TDs. Technically two interceptions, but one of that's a Hail Mary that I don't think would ever be held against him. So yeah. there, there's a lot of competition right now, but Carr looks good. And yeah. if they can if they can keep him upright and keep an, that Dan Quinn defense, if they can keep it going well enough, then they have a chance. I just don't. I'm not buying it right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. The the. We could touch on a few more games if you'd like, but the last one that I, I re- that stood out to me anyway here was um, ironically the Cleveland Houston game, which you would have thought uh, wouldn't be interesting at all. But um, Houston actually had the lead in this game for a little bit. Uh, Cleveland comes back to win, uh, but both Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield got hurt in this game. Tyrod's going to be out for a while. It looks like Baker came back and is going to be fine, um, but. I just wanted to call this game out actually for one specific moment that happened in it. And uh, I'm not sure if you remember seeing this, but I was, I was going to say Watt's son, but apparently that's not it. So go ahead. No, no, not it. Uh, This is one of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen, but Mm. on third and 15, uh, Houston gained 15 yards or sorry, 13 yards on the play. The Browns were offsides. Houston had the option to decline the penalty and go fourth and two or accept the penalty and be third and 10. They declined to go fourth and two and then they punted the ball anyway. (laughs) And Kevin Stefanski's face when he saw them, it it was priceless, man. That was was the best part of everything. I mean, it it was, we thought it was bad with Bill O'Brien and then we found a way to just one up it and, they weren't going to win this game, especially with Davis Mills. He he struggled to say the least, and he showed flashes. He's he struggled, but he his average depth of target. I think I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it was over eleven. And he was taking shots. He, he you know, but he needed to. Like that was the point of the game at that point, right? This wasn't right. a ball control. They were down by ten. He needed right. to try to catch up. So. Makes sense that his average depth of target was a little bit longer, but yeah, it was just uh, the ineptitude in that franchise for so long has been astounding. And then the fact that they're already essentially ruling Deshaun Watson out as their quarterback for Thursday night football, uh, yeah. knowing that Tyrod Taylor's Tyrod be out play. three to four weeks at this point with a groin injury is uh, I, I wanted to get into this, I didn't think we'd have time, but. I almost think there's going to be a bidding war because Tua, what the fucking fuck? I would, the fact that he's not captain makes a hell of a lot of sense right now because guess what? You had Tony Romo playing through fucking broken collarbones, fucking broken everything, and he had bruised ribs. Not saying that that's not painful, but it looked like he wanted to get the fuck out of there because (laughs) Jacoby Brissett got absolutely obliterated by that defense. There was only six sacks overall, four against Brissett. But he got pounded on every play. He got contacted on nearly every damn drop back. And I thought I thought that Tua had a broken collarbone, a dislocated shoulder, something that said, hey, I can't play anymore. 
Um, yeah. I guess now that I look at, back on it, he is a left-handed quarterback, so that would have been his throwing shoulder in my you know visual recaps. Um, not used to having to see that since there's very few of those in the league. But I I would lose the locker room at that point if you weren't willing to come in for me. We got absolutely curb stomped, thirty-five to nothing by a division rival, and mm-hmm. you're taking fucking fucking luxury limo rides to the locker room to get your X-rays mm-hmm. on your on your bruised ribs. Like, mm. Even Dalton tried to come back, right? Yeah, yeah. Dalton came back in for a series, and uh, it was obviously a no go. Yeah. Um, look, it's. I think it's a dangerous game when you start talking about okay. How much pain what kind are, of pain yeah. was he no, in I, I, and all, I get and all that. that stuff. I'm just I'm but, just saying if you're yeah. trying to win a team over right now, Deshaun yep. Watson looks a hell of a lot better to the Miami Dolphins, who are already rumored to be going after him now yep. that he is in what day to day status? And day to like, day is what I'm looking at. Yeah. Why is that why is that day not yesterday when you were <laughs> right. supposed to fucking battle it out? Yeah, dude. Uh, get a shot and stab him. Get the back chest. in there. Tyrod Taylor. him. like, like this is, <laughs> I just, I think that the reason I bring this up is because now to me, it's a battle between the giants, the Eagles and the dolphins as to mm-hmm. who is willing to make that jump and take them on. Uh, yeah. I, I know you called out the Eagles before. I actually like what I'm seeing from Jalen hurts. And I'm not saying he is seen enough to anoint him the the future at that position for them, but I think they're going to let that one play out. Uh, I am I'm pleasantly surprised at at his gameplay. Um, you know he he struggled for the majority of that game yesterday, and you know gave them a little boost late in the game, but I. I don't think they're in a position where they're necessarily willing to take on Deshaun Watson as of right now. But if I'm the Dolphins and I'm not concerned with, you know, the cloud that looms over the Watson situation, um, you know, I, I would be seriously considering it, seriously considering it. Uh, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying that the Eagles are going to be taking on the Cowboys. So stay tuned for that in our primetime parlay for, Mm -hmm. um, I believe that's Monday night. And then the chiefs and then the Panthers, like I can see them having a one and five, one and six record. And at that point is Jalen hurts your guy. And do you let it go to that record to figure it out versus the dolphins potentially jumping ahead of you? the giants potentially jumping ahead of you and not doing it, knowing that they're going to be successful this season, just that if the price at the end of the season is going to be so much greater because there'll be a little bit more clarity and the buyers are going to be known right right now. You think Daniel Jones is our guy. Jalen hurts is our guy Tua Tagovailoa is a guy. No, that may not be the case at the end of the year. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a great call. Um, But as we've seen, teams aren't willing necessarily to, to cut bait at that position. Teams aren't willing to throw in the flag per se um, when they, they should. It's rare. The Cardinals did it with Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen, which, you know, was the right move at the time and it looks even better now. 
Um, but that's the exception. That is not the rule. That's not how teams normally operate. But um, this definitely opens up the door even more for something like that. And we'll see if uh, the Dolphins can stomach that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I'm conscious of time here. Uh, any other games you want to touch on before we get going? No, I think, I mean, we've touched on everything that I think that we ultimately needed to. And I just, I fucking love football. I fucking love football too. You know what I hate though? And we can maybe end on this one. Um, The refs went wild this week with the taunting rule. I knew we had one more thing. What? Yeah. Yeah, man. You will not find a single soul, at least on the internet that I've seen, that likes this taunting rule. Not one. I mean, it's it's insane what they're calling. I mean, I can understand when you get in a guy's face a little bit and whatever, um, you know, lean over a guy after you hit him. You know, Deshaun Gibson was called for one and it it, it was borderline, it, but that's what they're, you know, they're making an example. The one that the Bears got in return uh, with the guy that uh, I think it was Von Bell, maybe that got in Andy Dalton's face and Dalton complained to the refs and got the flag yeah. thrown. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm like, what, what did he do? He called him like, and this is on a wuss. It would have been fourth and 15 at that point. Right. Yeah. Like, the Bears got a first down out of it. Yeah. It's just, it's disproportional. The punishment to the crime completely yeah. understand the, you know, getting in someone's face. You want to give the peace sign to Tyreek Hill after winning the game. Sure. But, Lamar Jackson did a fucking flip into the end zone and we're yeah. just like, yeah, great fucking play. Yeah. As long as you're not doing it at an opponent, we're fine. But, that, but, but that's it's... not true because they're the, the, um, after the fucking second interception for I can't remember his name right now for the um, Bucks turned around, backpedaled in the end zone and got a taunting penalty. Like it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't have to be directed at people anymore. And I think that that's my biggest issue is the uncertainty with everything. What will be a penalty? What won't be a penalty? And I think that's what the NFL fans feel right now is after a big play, is it just going away? Because my yeah. guy is celebrating that they got a big play. Yeah. And it, it was like when they made the catch rule, having to control it through the ground or whatever the fuck they said it was like nobody knew what a catch was at any point anytime it was being reviewed i i was like okay well that looks like a catch but i'm gonna flip a fucking coin because that's what the refs seem like they're doing i i understand the point of emphasis you know but I, get it out of the way in the preseason and well and i hope that this is going the way of the roughing the passer call after the first three weeks, there was so much outrage over landing on the quarterback that they significantly yeah. reduced what they were calling. Not to say that there's not still controversial plays with it, but they were going absolutely yeah. emphasizing if you, what if the you, calls were. Yeah. Yeah. If you breathed on the quarterback, you were. And I think there's going to be enough outrage to say this is impacting the outcome of the games. And I've yeah. already mentioned it where the slippery slope gets now that they're in bed with legal betting. That if, you know, a taunting penalty is, I mean, just think about this, a third and 15 from your own 40 gets called and now you're in field goal range for a 62 yard field goal to win the game, right? Yeah. On mm -hmm. somebody saying, I just celebrated winning the fucking game. 
Yeah. Oh, well, and that's the thing. It's like you're fourth and 15. Like game would be over. And right. now it's haunting penalty and you get a chance at a 62 yard Matt Prater field goal to win the, to-, to win it. Totally. I mean, you're you're at this point, you're policing the emotion of the game. And we tend to forget because we're all sitting on our couches drinking beers. But like to play this game at this level, you need to be so hyped up. I mean, the the physical toll that you're under just to protect yourself, you know, you need to be amped to the nth degree and especially for certain positions and you're going to get on a guy because he makes a play and you know, in the moment is like, fuck yeah, you know, like, and he looked the wrong direction. Like he didn't, instead of, you know, looking at the guy or he meant to look here, but he looked two feet and he, there was somebody in front of him. It was like, no man, like I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hope that the league, absorbed all of the criticism that was being spewed on Twitter um, yesterday and they get this shit fixed. Cause that was bad. Yeah, no, absolutely. But let's look forward to week three. It's a new parlay. We've got new <laughs> options. I think this is the parlay I've been most scared about quite frankly, just because uh, the, the matchups are a little bit less tougher. Uh, yeah. They're, they're well, a little less straightforward to me. But yeah. uh, which well, sucks. the one you're going to hit then? One of us is zero and four. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's not it's not looking so good for me right now. <laughs> Nobody can hold on to the ball because well, it's we already, we already said that. No, no jinxes on this. There's yeah, no jinxes. Touchdown to no jinxes there. So. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss uh, our records on the Thursday pod where we give you our picks and preview uh, week three. But um, if there's nothing else. Anything else from you, Tozer, before we go here? Fucking Ravens had no choice but to go for it on fourth and one. I don't know why that's even a discussion point. You don't give Patrick Mahomes the ball back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I fucking love it. So happy for Lamar. Um, Yeah, we really didn't even get to that game, but what a fucking game that was. And, you know, Jared Goff, don't hurt yourself, buddy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jared Goff just goes running down the sideline, looked like Andy Dalton. Um, but Rogers, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, hell of a game. Lamar Jackson, uh, takes them back. I mean, was just electric in that fourth quarter and, uh, the Ravens kind of beat, well, the Ravens, but especially Lamar finally get over that hump with Kansas city. Um, not saying that means anything for, I think that that's my biggest takeaway is that this was week two. Lamar had two early turnovers that they were able to persevere from, but I mm-hmm. still think that the Chiefs are the cream of the crop in that division. Yeah. And no. off interception. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should about do it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it was it, it was a really good week uh, of games. Honestly, the the early slate on Sunday was very sleepy. A lot of bad offenses. A bunch of quarterbacks got hurt. It was really weird, but everything picked up from there. Ultimately, a great week of football. Obviously, we've got a blowout here on Monday night now, but um, you know we will wrap this episode now. And uh, you know, just want to remind everybody once again that our Thursday episode will give you our picks for our parlay. And we will preview the week. Um, you yeah, know, we've otherwise, had, we've only had two bad primetime games so far, and it's all been at the 
expense of the uh, NFC, NFC North. North. Yeah. 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 The Bears and the Lions really sticking it up. Um, but all right, everybody, thanks for listening. As always, please uh, follow us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends, follow us on Twitter at MPTFBall, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you know, just interact with us wherever you can. Uh, we will we will interact back and maybe you'll get a shout out on the pod. But um, right. with that, we will Take see care. you all on Thursday. Bye, everybody.